The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Let's pray. Lord, this is a day of prayer, a day to come and search after you, a day to cry aloud. And Lord, as I as I pray from the early hours of this morning, all I can say is, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on me and on my brothers and sisters. I recognize that I've been so much a part of America that there's a part of me that believes that things are always going to continue as they are now. That we'll continue to have church, continue to have our normal lives as we have established them with our families and friends that we'll continue to have vacations, that we'll continue to raise our families. But your spirit is telling me, no, that's not, that's not what's going to happen. So, Lord, I come with great brokenness of heart before you, knowing the difficult, painful anguish that's coming upon your people until we repent and turn and seek your face. For surely, you are not a God who lies. And your spirit is telling me that we are rushing toward the day of final judgment, that we are rushing toward the day when you come in the clouds of glory, when you redeem your people, that this earth's era is coming rapidly to a conclusion and to a close, and we're not going to have our normal American lives any longer. Everything is going to change and change rapidly, almost overnight, shocking all of us. And we'll talk about how it was last year or the year before, but it will all be different. It's different now, Lord. Prices are skyrocketing. Inflation is very much upon us. Lord, I come asking you to break in my spirit every assumption that life is going to continue as normal. For I know your judgments are now being poured out upon the earth, and you are bringing to a final conclusion the history of this era. And you want your people to finally get serious enough with you to repent 
of our sin and to seek your face with all of our heart, to cry aloud, to stop, to stop the games, to stop the normal American thinking that we are somehow the elite, that somehow we are special, that somehow we are entitled. Lord, all of that is just garbage. It's not true. It's a lie. Yes, Lord, it's true. You have blessed America abundantly. But we have also stolen from the earth with our petrodollar and our indebtedness. No longer content to rest in your blessings, but now we create our own and make war on our own. Lord, forgive us. And I'm asking, would you send forth your Holy Spirit to break this wickedness from our hearts? our blindness, our nakedness. Lord, you said you're blind and naked and wretched and poor and lukewarm. Lord, it has to change. It has to change. We can't continue this way. You won't allow us to continue this way. We're either going to turn to you in deep heartfelt, rending, and weeping. Where we're going to be swept away in the judgments that are about to fall upon America, and even now, as I pray, have already begun to fall. Lord, would you come quickly? Would you stop the church games the casualness with which we gather and chit-chat, Lord, it has to stop. The foolishness, as though I have the right to go about my life and my business doing what I choose and what I want, buying and selling. Lord, you said it would be the same way it was in the days of Noah when the Son of Man comes. People buying and selling normal life. You said the same thing about Sodom and Gomorrah. They were just living their lives, building their houses, buying their new chariots, walking in wickedness and sin before you, arrogant, overfed, filled with the lust of the flesh, and in one moment they were destroyed. They were burned. I know America is facing total destruction and fire as your judgment is going to fall on this nation if we do not quickly repent. And even then, I suspect your judgments will still come and only a remnant will be saved out of this nation. Lord, I know all I can do today is pray. Open my heart to you and my brothers and sisters. For I know that hunger and famine is coming in America. 
All of the signs are already there as wicked men burn food plants, as weather engineering blocks the sun, as we have created incredible drought. Lord, as we have gone to war with innocent people, we have destroyed nations just because we could and for our own wicked agendas. Lord, I know we have murdered your babies in and out of the womb. Lord, please, please hear my humble cry and break our pride and our arrogance and our bias that everything will continue as it is and that we're okay and we can continue to walk in our wickedness. We can continue to walk in sin. We've made it so very complicated, and yet it's so very simple. Lord, please come today in this broadcast. Please come and deal with my heart and with the hearts of my brothers and sisters. Lord, people come to the prayer chapel and they're astonished that we're not jammed with people hungering and searching and crying and praying. Lord, instead only a very few gather and even among us, there's the foolishness and the lightness and the the lie that life is going to continue and we can just do what we want to do and go where we want to go. Lord, there has to be a change. Mighty God of heaven, there has to be a change. We can't continue this way or we will be swept away. Lord, I plead your mercy and I plead your grace. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. We are facing starvation. We're facing hunger in America. And it's deliberate. It is being done by the one world beast power that is already arising. Revelation 13, read it carefully. What we see happening across this world is not what we would call normal. The war in Ukraine was one of the easiest wars to avoid that has ever been fought. All Ukraine had to say was, we will remain neutral. We will not join NATO. We will be a buffer country. And there would have been no war. But American leadership, the wicked, corrupt leadership of America wanted a war. And Europe wants a war. And so a war we will have. And many millions will die. There's a a news aggregator that I have great respect for. It is 
Stan and his wife, standeo.com. I want to read you this morning, this morning's headlines. Russia is now openly discussing nuking London, Berlin, and Paris. Russian military arsenal laid bare as Putin set to declare all-out war within days. These are the headlines. NATO fighter scrambling, intercepting Russian jets on multiple fronts. Inflation, food shortage, supply chain collapse, skyrocketing diesel is the existential threat nobody's talking about. Another headline, stock up on food, something bad is happening. And they go on and on. We are on the precipice of a global food crisis, Goya Food CEO warns. These are not behind-the-scene headlines. These are mainstream headlines. We're in trouble. I hope you hear this. We're in deep, deep trouble. Hunger and famine is coming like a freight train on America. And it's all prophesied in the book of Revelation. I don't know what you think about the seals of Revelation, but I'll read one to you. And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living being saying, You must come and you must look and behold a black horse and the one sitting upon him having a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard the voice in the midst of the four living beings saying, A quart of wheat for a day's pay, and three quarts of barley for a day's pay, but do not damage the olive orchard or the vineyard. In other words, don't touch the Bill Gates. Let them continue to survive. But the rest of us, working to just earn enough money to pay for our bare minimum existence. This is hunger and famine coming upon the world, but also coming upon America. As our food plants are destroyed by arson, as our farmers can't plant their wheat and their oats and their soybeans in Oklahoma, in in North and South Dakota, because they can't get their tractors in the fields. It's too wet. They, the mud is too much. Normally, they've already planted. They've not been able to plant. California, the West, burning up. Look, let's 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 be real straight. The scriptures tell us that we are at the end of time. We are in the third seal. When the fourth seal opens, there is death and destruction. And if you look at the Georgia guidestones, if you've never looked at them, Google Georgia guidestones. You will see that by 2025, 
those people who established the Georgia Guidestones, the Dingle Report, they are saying, or the Deagle Report, they are saying that there will be a tremendous loss of life, up to 200 million people in just America. by the year 2025. I know all of us think life is going to continue as it is now, but it is not going to continue as it is now. We are facing a dire, dire situation, and we had better be right with Jesus. And it raises the question, do you know how to pray? Can you reach the throne of God for your church and your family and yourself? Are you still playing games with God and not really sold out, still struggling, still trying to make things work the way you want them to work? My brother, my sister, we're coming to the end. And it will only be the mighty hand of God that delivers us. I weep as I see what's coming. And believe me, I'm like you. I want to see everything continue as it is now, except... I could do without the inflation and I could do without the the horrific policies being put in place by our government, by Mr. Biden and his, his cadre of evil men and women. I'm deeply troubled by what I see, but I know it's the end of time. I know many are going to lose their lives in the coming days and months and years. I know Jesus is coming again. I know it's time for a great shout from God's people of repentance. There's a passage of scripture that we have all been very familiar with. And we've said it so many times that it doesn't mean much anymore. But it means everything to me. I'll read it for you. Solomon, when he dedicated the temple, prayed a very long and flowery prayer. I don't like Solomon much. I pray he was saved at the end, but he was a stinker. He was a wicked man with all of his wives and all of his horses and all of his chariots, his lifestyle. But God answers. He says, I've heard your prayer. And I've chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people. Now, let's, let's be real clear. God is stopping the rain over most of America and flooding parts of America. 
it's going to bring starvation. When the rain stopped in Israel, it was starvation time. It was famine. When the locusts came to devour the land, it was starvation and hunger time. This is always the way God brings judgment to get people's attention. He has not been able to get America's attention. We are too full of our own wicked agendas. We are too full of our own luxuries. We're too full of ourselves. I know my greatest enemy is the devil. But I know my second greatest enemy is me. It was Oswald Chambers who who said, the only thing you can trust in a man is what God has done in him. And God is doing a work in my life and that you can trust as I bring these messages but I don't trust me. I know me too well. When I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain and see it's God who's going to shut up the heavens and he has shut up the heavens for America. Command locusts to devour the land and send a plague among my people. If my people... If my people who are called by my name, are you a Christian? Do you call yourself a Christian? God says there are four things we're supposed to do in this passage. And then he says there are three things he'll do in response. The first thing he says we have to do is humble ourselves. Well, how do we humble ourselves? One person who said, I'm praying that God will humble me. No, wrong. You have to humble yourself. How do you humble yourself? It's very practical. It's very simple. You stop. You stop seeking the things of this world. You stop seeking the things of flesh. You turn your TV off. You turn away from most of the YouTube videos that are wicked, all of the ones that are wicked. You stop spending your money on foolish things that are just for your pleasure. You humble yourself. You stop acting and living like you are in command of life. And you recognize that your life does not belong to you. It belongs to Jesus. Some of you are in love Some of you are in love with your animals more than you are with Jesus. Some of you are in love with your clothes and your lifestyle and your hair and your car. And some of you are in love with, with your life. He's saying you've got to humble yourself. He's not saying I will humble you. He's saying you humble you. I can tell you what that means for me. It means don't laugh at people. Don't name call people. Don't gossip about people. Stop thinking 
of myself as being entitled to anything. Stop seeing myself as fat and well-fed. It means cast my self-esteem away from myself. You see, self-esteem used to be called pride. And people say, oh, you have to have self-esteem. No, you don't. You have to have Jesus' esteem. You have to have God-esteem, not self-esteem. It was Robert Schuller who began to teach self-esteem, pride, arrogance. It's, it's deplorable before God. We have to humble ourselves. We get down on our face before God and pray and renounce ourselves and our ways. The second thing he says, you have to pray. Now you can pray like the Pharisee. Thank God I'm not like that person down the street or that person who sat beside me. Thank God I'm not like they are. Some of you talk like you've got it so together and you're on your way to heaven and you're saved. Humble yourself. Stop it. Stop it. Humble your heart before Almighty God. Cast yourself upon his mercy. Cast yourself upon God. You're facing starvation. You're facing hunger. You're facing the loss of everything. Cast yourself upon the Lord and begin to pray. And the third thing he says is you must seek my face. Not seek his hand, not seek what he can do for you. Intimacy. You know, there's one thing that most of us will not allow, and that is for anybody to touch our faces. Only your wife or your husband is allowed to touch your face or someone who is rendering a service to you. We don't like our face to be touched by anybody. But Jesus says, come and touch my face. Come be intimate with me. Seek my face, not my hand. Don't don't go after what you want me to do for you. Come after my face. Come for me. And then four, he says, turn away from your wicked ways. It's our ways that get us in the most trouble with God. It's where we like to go and hang out. It's the way we like to deal with money. It's the way we like to to create our lifestyle. One of my ways used to be I always wanted to drive a Mercedes. And then the Lord said, sell it and don't buy another one. Why? 
No, because when you drive up in a Mercedes and it's spotless and it's beautiful, black on black or beautiful Mercedes, beautiful BMW, you've arrived. You're somebody. That's a wicked way. It's just not, it doesn't align with what God is doing in the world. Turn from your wicked ways of of pampering yourself. Some of you want to pamper yourself with entertainment. Some of you want to pamper yourself with a a McDonald's milkshake. Some of you want to pamper yourself with some kind of food. The Lord is saying, stop. Stop pampering yourself. See, these are not things that are out of our reach. These are These are very practical things. Humbling myself instead of strutting around like I own the world and everybody owes me and I'm entitled and I'm arrogant and I'm mad and don't get in my way. Ridiculing other people. See, humble yourself and then pray. How do you pray? You pray down on your face. You bow down before the living God. You seek his face. You turn from your wicked ways. It says, then there are three things God will do. First, I will hear. I will hear your prayer. God doesn't hear arrogant prayers. They don't go higher than your ceiling. Do you think God heard the Pharisees' prayer and answered it? No, he heard the publican's prayer. We're all publicans. All human people are publicans. And we need to go and pray like the publican. Thank God he's given us the ability to humble our hearts if we'll just do it. So first he says, I'll hear your prayer. You know, when God answers my prayer in most dramatic ways, it's when I have finally gotten very serious with him. And I cry out to him and I agonize before him with tears. That gets God's attention. When I'm absolutely honest and transparent before him and I don't come with any sense of entitlement I come recognizing that I can't even trust myself. He says, I will, I will hear you. And then he says, and I will forgive their sins or I will remove their sins from them. This is not a legal forgiveness and then you're still You're forgiven, but you're still left wicked. No. No, he 
He's going to remove the sins from us. In the Greek, it's aphemy. He will hear us. He'll forgive us our sins. And the third thing he says is, I, I will heal your land. In other words, I'll, I'll stop the famine. I'll stop the starvation. Tomorrow we're going to talk about a story where where God recognizes the king in his royal robes is underneath in the midst of his wickedness. He's wearing sackcloth and ashes. We have to humble our hearts before Almighty God. And he will forgive us. Until a person is willing to recognize their wickedness, they have no hope of receiving the forgiveness from God and the judgments are still going to come upon them. And the hunger and the starvation will cause them great anguish and pain as they see their children going hungry their husbands and their wives with great lack. Many people in the world live in abject poverty, but we have lived in excessive luxury at the cost of the world. So we have run our debt up to the sky. It is impossible for the U.S. government to ever pay back its debt. There will be a worldwide reset of finances. And when that reset happens, America will no longer be wealthy and will no longer dwell in luxury. But the whole world will be reduced to poverty, except for the elites as the beast system takes total control of the lives of every person and demands that we receive the mark of the beast. Now, when that happens, if there are Christians still here, we will be in a world of hurt. Do you have the faith to stand? Though the heavens fall, will you stand for Jesus as the Christ? Well, do you stand that way now? If you don't stand that way now, you won't stand that way then. And that's why I'm saying there must be a great outpouring of repentance seeking forgiveness, praying, humbling ourselves before Almighty God, seeking his face, turning from our wicked ways. What is a wicked way? A wicked way is the way of self-indulgence. A wicked way is a way of selfishly taking care of me and mine 
without regard for another. The very hallmark of the devil is self. The hallmark of Jesus Christ is laying my life down for another. What is the hallmark of your life? Self-centered? Concerned about you? Comes a point where we must make a decision. Will we choose Jesus Christ above everything and everyone? Will we lay our lives on the altar of burnt offering? Romans, the 12th chapter. Will we enter into that agreement with Jesus in Romans 6, where we are crucified with Christ? Where we give up ourselves? Now, I know. Some of you are very much in the midst of this battle. I'm telling you that battle cannot be won by you without deep, honest prayer. I remember the story of Guy Bevington as he went to this large 300-plus member Methodist church. And the pastor said, everybody's saved here. We don't need you to come and preach repentance to us. We're all saved. Very quickly, as they began to pray, the Holy Spirit began to reveal to them that they were not saved. And it started week after week of intense crying out to God. And they would say, please preach to us, Brother Beving. No, pray, pray, pray. Well, we who are pastors say if we ask our people to just pray, they'll get up and leave. And people said that to Brother Bevington. Brother Bevington, if you don't preach to us, everybody's going to leave. Nobody will be left. This work of God will be completely destroyed. No, the work of God is never destroyed by heartfelt prayer. Oh, brother, we've been, we've been praying in this meeting for 45 minutes. When are you going to preach? Pray, he would say. Pray. This kind of, of prayer opens our heart to the Holy Spirit. I was very encouraged. I spoke last night with a dear Christian brother whom I love and his wife. He said to me, we've decided, my wife and I, that we're going to take our mornings. They control their own schedules. They work from home. Or they control their business. He said, we're going to take our mornings to pray together, to seek the face of God, to come into his presence and ask him to take over every aspect of our lives. I rejoice with this brother and sister. (laughs) 
They know the answer is not to make more money. They're stepping out in mission work. They're stepping out in a number of different areas. Do they need to earn money? Are they independently wealthy? No, they need to earn money. But they believe that Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. And so they're going to take their mornings to be in the presence of Jesus and to pray. I'm very grateful to this brother. He has been a, a wonderful friend and brother and support for this radio ministry. And finally, he and his wife have come to the conclusion that they are in such a place, the only answer for them is to pray. I want you to come to that same place. I want you to come to that place where you recognize that your only hope is Jesus that you let go of all the foolish things of the church. Oh, we have to have this ritual. We have to have this. We have to, we have to have the best children's program. What would happen if your kids really saw people crying aloud and weeping before God? They'd be so startled. They'd say, what's going on here? And they might start crying and they might even start to pray. You know, it is, it is past time for us to pray. To open our hearts to the Lord and say, Lord, you promised that if we would do four things, humble ourselves, pray, seek your face, turn away from our wicked ways, that you would do three things. You would heal our land you would forgive our sins, that you would hear us. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I want to report to you that God has been faithful. He has moved in your hearts. And the radio bill for last month is now covered. That's a miracle. That was God's grace, and it was the answer to to many prayers and tears. Thank each one of you who, who heard the Holy Spirit and who sacrificially gave that this broadcast could remain on the air. Some of you feel very strongly about this, as do I. And I love you for walking with me. I know we need to go national, not for this broadcast's sake. No, we need to go national because there needs to be a standard of righteousness lifted up and a confrontation of sin in this, in this wicked nation. In every major city, we need a rebuke for sin and a call to righteousness, not this 
wicked, sinning Christian. Oh, you're saved. You're on your way to heaven while you walk in your wickedness. No, we leave our wickedness. Jesus came, according to 1 John, the third chapter, he came to destroy the works of the devil in your life and in mine. So please, let's pray. Lord, I've spoken your word as clearly as you've given me the ability to speak it. I'm asking now for the moving power of the Holy Spirit in this, in this broadcast, in every listener and everyone who will listen to it in the days to come. And I ask for a great, a great stretching of ourselves toward you in prayer, seeking your face, turning from our wicked ways, humbling ourselves before you. Almighty God, mighty God of heaven, we have no way to save ourselves from the famine from the hunger, from the destruction of this nation that is rushing upon us like a freight train, the war that is ready to break out, the the threat of nuclear annihilation. Oh, Lord. I cry out to you today, and I humble my heart before you. I am the least of your people. I ask Jesus for your power and your presence to come and redeem your church and to call out of the wicked apostate church a remnant of people who will be found holy and righteous when you come in the cloud of glory without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood, made whole, because they have earnestly sought your face and they have prayed through and they've gained the victory. Lord, I pray this week as I continue to work with this issue and to talk about this and and call your people to repent, I pray, God, you will break through in our hearts. I pray, oh God, you will break through in our hearts. that your Holy Spirit will have his way, that we will not be rebellious, that we will not scoff at your word, that we will not, in our pride, turn aside from you, but that we will seek your face and we will pray. Lord, I have, I have no strength of my own. I have no power of my own. I have no money of my own. I have no ability of my own. It is either a work that is done by your Holy Spirit or it's not going to be done. I plead your Holy Spirit right now over every listener in every part of Washington, D.C. and in every part of this country I plead 
that men and women will get honest with themselves and with you and with each other and stop playing the church game, but will earnestly pray and seek your face. For you alone can save us, almighty God. I thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Pastor Ray, at National Prayer Chapel, Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. I want to thank each one of you who has helped keep this broadcast on the air this month. I invite you to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. There you'll find my phone number. There you'll find many podcasts and videos. They're there for you to grow in Jesus. Above all, I urge you to pray, to humble your heart before God, to seek His face, to turn from your wicked ways. I love you. God bless you. And God be merciful unto us all. I'll talk to you soon. Savior through Jesus Christ.